We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Field of 68 till you die or until you get the Rhode Islanders Xavier head coaching job. That's what we do here on the Field of 68 After Dark. Sirius XM, Channel 84. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Tonight, we welcome in St. Peter's University head coach Shaheen Holloway, who is America's coach right now. The Peacocks heading to the first Sweet 16 in school history. That's coming up in just a few minutes, but it's great to be joined by Rob Dalster tonight. It is great to be joined fresh off his winnings in Philadelphia. Randolph Childress was on our Bet Rivers shows from Philly and Randolph. It was Philadelphia Freedom. Yeah. Want some money, man. I left there pretty impressed, man. I, I, I need to go with these guys. They, they were my good luck charm. <laughs> is that true, Rob? No, I, I was not. I think it might have been Carter Elliott. all right uh, let's dive in here first weekend in the books what a first weekend it was all the way up to the arizona tcu thriller the final game of the weekend we gotta start though because everybody's asked what's the headline what's the headline of the weekend randolph childress it comes from jersey city new jersey it's a 15th seed in st peter's university becoming the third 15 ever to reach the sweet 16 what stands out to you the most about this story from the Peacocks? Everything about this story is a dream. This isn't what you expect, right? I mean, you don't get an upset like this but every so often. But then they win that game, and then they follow it up and get to the Sweet 16. Like, usually when this happens, they'll lose the next game. You know, we didn't expect I, – I, I don't even remember, had, you know, a team, you know, of a of – a, upset them this magnitude and then they're advancing to the to the sweet 16 so it's i'm just happy for the whole team obviously for you know for, for shane i i'm just proud to see what he's done and i'm really i'm cheering for him i think he's the darling of the ncaa tournament right now and and you're cheering for the guys and those guys like he said he's got a bunch of guys from new york and new jersey they're not afraid of anybody and he's done a hell of a job coaching those guys I think you're exactly right about him being the darling of the NCAA tournament. Like he's, he's yeah. the star. He's the guy that yes. everyone's going to be talking about. He's, yes. he's the guy that's going to find his way into a bigger job. He's the guy where all of us are like, 
whoa, this dude is St. Peter's is running stuff that's that good. And not right. only is he he's the, the thing that I think is great about him is he he runs great X's and O stuff and runs great offense. But that dude is Queens to his core. You see it in the way that he acts. You see it in the way that he represents himself at the press conferences. You see it in the way that his teams play. I just I, I how can you not love this guy? Right. Like, how, how do you not love him? He's a great story. Everything he about really it is, is inspirational. You know, you watch it and you're cheering for him because, again, you're not supposed to – this route, it's not the way it's supposed to be. He took a job and was advised it was a bad job, and he bet on himself when he won. And that that is that alone is to be commended, let alone the success that he's having. That sums it up about this guy. He's from Queens, New York, and he bet on himself when he was going to college. And he'll talk about – that with us in just a moment here, but Shaheen Holloway and St. Peter's. This is also a massive benefit to a university that needed something like this. It's a university that the campus spans about two blocks. You never plan on having a moment like this when you're St. Peter's and your tuition is roughly $11,000, $12,000 and your enrollment's just a couple thousand. There are some high schools with the enrollment the size of St. Peter's University, and here they are. Here they are in the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. So without further ado, you have got to listen, because if you've seen some of the interviews, I would guarantee you haven't seen one with this many candid comments, comments about the industry of college basketball coaching, comments about betting on yourself and thoughts about what it means to be living an American dream. That's the dream that Shaheen Holloway is living right now. And I went one-on-one with him earlier today. your phone or you answered your phone it's been a whirlwind right now right just a lot going on in a short period of time um getting a lot of texts getting a lot of calls and i appreciate all of them you know it's definitely a lot of support that people have out there that the love that people is is genuine love it's not fake love it's, it's real love right and and i definitely appreciate it but one thing i'm really happy about is the love that the the kids are getting and the school is getting and how everybody's rallying around you know us and i just think that's a beautiful thing man Let's go back to when you were thinking about your your next steps when when you were at Seton Hall and St. Peter's is in contact with you. Yeah. There were people who said, right, that that they were unsure if you should take the job. Can you take me back to that that whole sequence? Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, at the time we had it rolling at Seton Hall, right? You know, we, you know, thing, thing, things was going good. Um, I think at the time, three straight tournaments. Yeah. Uh, Big East Championship, you know, recruits coming in. It was good. You know, if you're like, you know, why, why would you want to do that? And I was like, you know what? You know, it comes a point in time where, you know, I was with Coach for 11 years and I'm very grateful. Very grateful. You know, I learned a lot from him. He was, you know, big time for me. But it comes a time when, like, you know, you, you want to start doing your, your own thing. And I thought I, I thought it was time for me. 
I thought I was maxed out. I thought I did, I done a lot as an assistant coach. I wanted to, you know, run my own program. And a lot of it is because the coach really giving me the opportunity to run things at Seton Hall, you know, be, you know, in charge of a lot of things. Um, and then when the opportunity came up, you know, I, I knew Brian Felt for a long time. Uh, he's at St. Peter's and I trust him. I liked his vision. Um, plus I, I was ready, man. I, I knew what I could do. I was capable, knew I was capable of. Um, I always believe in myself, I always better myself. So I don't, it didn't matter what anybody else was saying. You know, people told me don't go to Seton Hall as a player. You know, you should go to Duke. You should go to these schools that's recruiting you. I don't listen to all that stuff. I listen to, you know, my gut and me and the people that's around me. And that's really have my best interest in heart. And then, you know, go from there. You've always bet on yourself. What's your why? Like, like, how does that happen for you to bet on yourself? Where does it come from? It's come from, you know, me growing up. You know, growing up where I grew up in, you know, Southside, Jamaica, Queens. Um, you know, being 5'10", trying to play this game of basketball, it's not easy, right? You know, so when you're small and... You know, everyone's telling you, you can't do this, you can't do that. So to me, that was fuel to the fire. Like, I just said, all right, I can't do it. I'm going to show you. You know, then uh, you, you can't be this. All right, All-American. You can't be this. Okay, cool. Top five of my class. You can't do this. Okay, best point guard. Can't do this. So everything everybody told me I can't do, I wanted to prove people wrong. Same thing as a coach. Like, I still have that competitive fire right now. You know, I want to prove people wrong. I want to show people that. Because, you know, the knock was, okay, he can only recruit. He can't do this. He can't do that. Okay. You know, and so, you know, the, the thing with our, us and our program right now is what the, what, what they going to say now, right? You know, like. <laughs> How do you balance? Because you know this. You go to these, these coaches' clinics and, and the different things nowadays, and Final Four has all this stuff. And, and to me, Sha, it's. It's like, it's that dynamic that's always gets talked about. Like at the national level, people will be like, well, you know, you have to talk to players differently than you could 20 years ago, or you can't be as hard on players. But to me, when I watch you, yes, you love your kids, but there's a place of when you're hard on them, you're trying to help them get better. And you could sense that they respect that. Like, how do you balance that dynamic? You know what? I don't really worry about what people say. Like I, I'll be honest with you, I did, a, I did an interview um, the other day, and I was really honest about something that, that bothered me, right? Um, we played Fairfield on ESPNU, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, great win for us. Guys, Casey Deffel played unbelievable. Six blocks, um, 17 points, six, nine rebounds. And all they did was kind of publicize me and you know, my facial expressions and my stuff. And I, I felt a certain way about that, right? And I, I, got, I got back to the hotel and that was a Friday night and we played Sienna on Sunday. I got back to the hotel and I started, I got all these text messages and calls and I let that bother me. I don't, I don't know why the first time I let something bother me and I ain't coached the way I always coach against Sienna and we lost, right? And after that game, I said, I'm not worried about this stuff no more because my guys know I got their back 1,000%. My guys know that when I, everything I'm doing is love, is a message, everything is behind it. They know that. I don't really care what people say and think, you know, and that, from that moment on, I think that was a turning point of, you know, our season because at the end of the day, you can only do what you do and be consistent at it. When you, when you try to do other things and be somebody else, it don't work. What do people not understand about what it's like being at your level with a staff? and just the, the day-in, day-out approach that it takes 
to now do what you're doing? Well, they understand you got to be hands-on, right? Um, like, it's not like a big school where you got a lot of help. Like, you ain't like, you know, like my guys are, you know, slash everything. Slash assistant coach, slash academic advisor, slash strength coach, slash this, slash that. You know, that's what happens at, at small schools, right? So we just, you gain a great relationship with the, with the players. And you also understand that, like, this job is 15% basketball. It's 85% everything else. And that's why you got to have strong people around you. You got to have people around you that's not doing it for the money because they don't get paid a lot of money. They don't get paid nothing at all. But they, they're doing it for the love and the passion and to give back to the young generation. When you see Purdue, what juts out? Big time. <laughs> no, you know what? There's, uh, you know, Coach Painter does a great job there. Year in, year out. Unbelievable job. Um, they got good players. Um, they they big, they strong, they physical, but it's, it's, to us, like it's nothing that we ain't never see. Like like I tell my guys all the time, don't look at the name on the jersey, forget the name on the front of the jersey, just play. We we don't care who we playing against, we just going out there balling, doing what we do, having fun, getting getting out there playing hard, and um, you know what happens happens. It's basketball, man. Like like you have to love it. It's this time of year, man. Like we are playing Friday night in Philadelphia, the Sweet Sixteen. Kidding me? I'll take it, and we'll take it. Sign us up. Wow. I know Shaheen personally, uh, from my time as a student at Seton Hall, him being on staff. That being said, that's one of the most powerful interviews I've ever done. Seriously, Randolph, I have chills right now. I'm ready to go play for him myself. I wish I had some eligibility left. I could, I'd suit up and play for him Friday night. Yeah, I was about to say, man, I'm ready to (laughs) run through a wall for him. Let's go. St. Pete's, I'm a peacock, baby. I'm a peacock. (laughs) We all are. We all are peacocks right now. Amazing to hear about the honesty, the honesty about. The, the, the balance there. And how about the fact, Randolph, that people said you won't win there, right? Right. right. I mean, it's something that, again, him taking that job, you knew, but that was the only, that's the only opportunity that was afforded to him. And, and, and I said this off air, you know, to me, you sense a lot of pride in the way he's done it because he bet on himself as a black coach. And, and I think that's something that's important to him. And, and he's home. And for him to be able to do that when someone says you can't do it because you can't win there, but he knows that's just not a lot of opportunities you're not going to get. Had he stayed there and waited, he wouldn't be where he is now. And he's been blessed by this opportunity. He knew he was prepared for it and he bet on himself and, and, uh, and he's not surprised and he shouldn't be. I would just like to say for the record though, uh, this may be the the place where he's living, but he made it very clear. He's not a Jersey guy. He is a New York guy. So quick. (laughs) New York is home. St. Peter's is where he's, he's, uh, he's getting it done. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, Absolutely amazing conversation. And we thank Shaheen Holloway again for joining us. Uh, Loved, loved having him. We have a lot to get to tonight, including, the most valuable players of the first weekend. I can't wait to hear your guys' submissions and your thoughts and maybe some updated Final Four picks. We'll try to help you if you're doing one of those competitions in your bracket pool. We'll get RC and Rob Dowster's <laughs> updated Final Four picks. We're just getting started here. Feel the 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84.
Clear for 90. All right. Uh, Producer Dagan or Rob, any any questions in the chat? Yes, we do. We have a a question from uh, our buddy Ken Palm is a fraud. Uh, Wants to know, um, of the four finalists, who wins Coach of the Year? I think that was from Ken Palm is a fraud. Yeah, it was. I'm not sure who the four finalists are, but Ed Cooley is the National Coach of the Year. (laughs) If he doesn't get it, Samson has to get it. Yeah. I don't think Samson's a finalist, but Samson's up there too. But I, I, to me, it's Ed Cooley. What, I mean, going to win of the Big East with that team, impressive. Really, really impressive. Yeah, Good here's here's the thing. One minute. Ed, you have to give it to Ed Cooley. He, he's the undoubtable national coach of the year. To have a team at 27 and 5, are you kidding me? You know what I will say? Uh, Scott Drew also won the Big 12 with losing half of his team to injury. So. There, there were a lot of there were a great guard yeah. winning the the Big Ten. Like there were a lot of really good coach performances this year, but I think it's Ed Cooley. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree on that one. Uh, I still think there's not got? many coaches that could have lost their two best seconds. players literally all year long and have the year that Houston had as well. One hundred percent. And to me, RC, that says more about twenty what he, what he's built in terms of culture, yes. in terms of right. next man up attitude, than it does like specifically his job this year. So I don't know if that has any difference in coach of the year or anything like that, but like, Ten. man, give him his flowers. Kevin Sampson. Ooh, he's awesome. All right. Five, two, one. It is the field of 68 after dark Sirius XM channel 84. We're presented tonight as we always are by bet river. Rob Doster joined by Randolph Childress and uh, we're going to get into the first weekend as a whole here what you guys noticed what you guys saw from the first weekend with most valuable player your most outstanding coach who you liked who you didn't like Rob Doster your MVP of the first weekend is so I've given out a couple of different names um, on, on different shows that we've done I will say this though uh, I, I don't know if anyone was more impressive to me than Benedict Matherin, especially uh, in, in the second half of that TCU game. The three that he hit to tie it, the dunk that he had, the play that he made on the offensive rebound in overtime to give him a little bit of space in that three-point lead, and doing all of it despite the fact that Kirk Carissa uh, was the best player on TCU last night. It, to me, you know, th- there's lots of options, uh, one of which is, is T.O.'s favorite guy on the planet, Isaiah Wong. Uh, but the, I mean, I, I, I'm going to give it to Ben Matherin and I 100% realize that that is probably just recency bias at its finest. I'm going to go with Drew Timmy. You know, when we watched the Georgia state game, there was only, they were only up two at the half and they came out and I mean, they up two at the half of that game and he finished with what 32 and 12 or 13, something like that. And then again, we talked about how difficult that Memphis matchup was going to be that they were going to play against a team that was probably more athletic than them with size that usually they have the size and and he went against Jalen Dern and, and DeAndre Williams. And again, he came out, put those guys on his back with another, what, 20, 25 and 14. So I, I, 21 I, in the second half and down 10, like down 10, he put that squad on his back. I, I don't know who had a better weekend than, than Drew Timmy. Did you hear his press conference or his interview? How after funny the game? was that? That was so funny. <laughs> I don't give a flying 
F. We're not going to go on as no um, 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 I'm soft guys. <laughs> that was so funny, man. That was good. That was good. I'm going to go with Hunter Dickinson. Hunter mm-hmm. Dickinson put on a show, and he looked like the All-American that we all know he can be. 48 points combined, 17 rebounds. He adds in five blocks in the two games. He had four against Colorado State. But I, I just thought that that was the Hunter Dickinson we expected to see earlier in the season, and we got that. We got that this weekend. And if Dickinson can play to that level on Thursday night, Michigan will have a puncher's chance. They'll have a chance against Villanova. They're going to need Dickinson to be great, and they're going to have to hit some perimeter shots. But I look at Hunter Dickinson, and, and the thing is, Michigan is, has had such a frustrating year, right? They've had a frustrating season. Way back in November, we thought that that team could cut down the nets, and if not cut down the nets, could be top 10. You know, we, we thought for sure, hey, they're a second-weekend team in the NCAA tournament if the things fall into place. Well, they are a second weekend team, and maybe things are falling into place at the perfect time. So Hunter Dickinson will be my MVP. Fair. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. He was terrific he was that first good. weekend. He, okay. he, he, he did against Tennessee. They, I think he had 27, 11, four assists. He, he, was, he looked like Hunter Dickinson All-American in that game. I Rob, thought that was a better matchup for him, too. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he had bigs. Tennessee plays with those bigs, so he didn't have to change his game and worry about small balls, switching on the guards and doing all those things. He got a chance to play in the drop coverage and then play inside against Tennessee's big, and he definitely was the best big on the floor. ARC, you know what he's going to have to do against Villanova? Oof. It'll be Oof. tough. It'll be tough. That's going to be tough. It's gonna be, that's going to be tough. I can't, I can't believe, quickly on Villanova, I can't believe the player Eric Dixon's become for them. Oh, um, man. Blown away. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we often talk about guard play. They've had some good bigs over the years, Oshefu and, and obviously Omari Spellman. And now, now with Dixon, we'll see how that matchup shakes out. All right, Coach. Hey, don't forget, don't forget Chris Jenkins. That dude that is the definition of a big man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, a legend, a Chris Jenkins. Move. All right, your coach of the weekend, Robert. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with TJ Otzelberger, Iowa State. Uh, I'm I'm just assuming that that Shaheen Holloway is 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 not eligible for this award. Okay, like we get it. He's awesome. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with T.J. Altsberger and and uh, and Iowa State because uh, I don't think that Iowa State is very good. You watch them play; they they basically like rely on one guy finding a way to to get hot and carry them in every game. Um, they took advantage of some favorable matchups. You know, LSU just fired their head coach. Wisconsin had a banged up Johnny Davis and lost Chucky Hepburn in the first half. Uh, but I mean, it doesn't, that has nothing to do with the Iowa state. They found a way to get it done. This guy first year on the job um, with seven 11, a big 12 play. Uh, he was picked the last in the big 12 conference in the preseason, found a way to get in the tournament. And now he's in the sweet 16. So that's, that's the guy that proved a lot to me. I, I said this earlier. I, I think it's Calvin Sampson. I, I think mm-hmm. Coach Sampson has been, mm. you know, we talked about early in their conference play. We were like, ah, the conference isn't so, you know, you know, it, it's not so great. AC is not so great. You know, now they're in the second week of the tournament. They just beat the regular season champion in the, in the, in the Big Ten. I, I thought they were great. Uh, I don't know another team that can take their two best players out of a lineup and be this far in the tournament. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's just it's the culture and everything that he has, but even the culture, like this is still a talent led 
yes. you know, it's talent led. <laughs> it's still talent led. And, and the one thing I will say about culture, we, we say that all the time, and it's so hard to do now because you're bringing in all these new parts. Like we're not like it's one of those things you got to be real careful about saying your culture because how do you how do you do that when you're bringing in so many different parts and for them they were dominant all year long and and i i don't know if anyone you take any team we're talking about left in this tournament and take their two best players they're not here i find it hard to believe that any of those guys are here and they're here and playing like with a thin bench and they're just playing no matter what who's out there just getting it done I'll tell you what, and this might come off as a hot take, but after oh watching boy. them after watching them in person, I will say it. Houston may be the toughest group of you know what's that are left in this field because for what they lack in true talent at some spots, they're still talented. They're still extremely athletic, but there's no question at times for this group, scoring is a little bit more difficult to come by. They make up for that by guarding the hell out of you. They guard for 94 feet, and they play to Kelvin's identity. Kelvin Sampson looks like he's playing when, he, when he's coaching this group. You could tell how much he loves it. Houston should give him a lifetime contract. And you know what else I'm thinking about? The Big 12 is already the best conference in college basketball. Yep. They're going to add Houston. They're going to add BYU and Cincinnati. Are you kidding me? Like just, Houston, just imagine Houston, Houston, Texas Tech competing for all of those uh, those tough MFers that have come oh out of the state God. of Texas. Man. <laughs> when those two teams play, they're going to be absolute wars. Uh, I'm the taking only thing it under. Ask, yeah, right there you go. <laughs> we got him hooked, man. We got him hooked. You'll win that one. You'll win. Wait, did, did Greg Waddell tell you to take that under? Nah, we we cut Greg off. I, I, whatever Greg said, we I did the opposite, right? Whenever Greg said something, I, him and Carter had such a bad day. It was like, what are you picking? All right, I just went to put my car and took the opposite. Oh man, hey hey, you know this makes me think back to last week on this show. Ashton Gibbs had Rutgers and Seton Hall in the Sweet Sixteen, and here's St. Peter's. He should have picked St. Peter's with his hard RC. Man, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? All right. Um, my coach of the weekend is Jim Laranega. This is an amazing story. Miami, a team that I, that I thought belonged in the field, but I, you're not sure. And here what they showed Auburn is that, yes, we could play small. And, yes, we've got better guards than you do, at least more controlled guards, and they really did. Isaiah Wong is big time. Cameron McGusty compliments him well and, and makes plays. And I'll say this. I think it's one of Jim Laranaga's better player development jobs. Charlie Moore was always talented, but Charlie Moore didn't channel that talent into fitting on a team. And part of that is DePaul and what they were. But Charlie Moore has come to Miami. He played under control. He was threatening with a triple-double, didn't have one. But the point is, this backcourt is playing great basketball. And I don't think Miami's done. I don't think Miami's done. I'm fascinated to see who wins Miami, Iowa State. But guys, Jim Laranega, like there were people talking about, oh, you know, maybe it's time for Jim Laranega to head out or all these <laughs> narratives, all these takes. Guys, he's, Goodman he's, retired him. Goodman yeah. retired him at least three times. Yeah, Goodman's <laughs> going to see him this weekend. Jeff should retire. Yeah. I mean, my hey. God, what a story. <laughs> Great story. Especially, like, I don't think people realize how hard 
that FBI stuff hit them. They never got charged with anything. Any any links to that FBI to, to Christian Dawkins and everything that happened there. Uh, nothing was proven. I don't think that there was really anything concrete there ever. But it completely torpedoed their recruiting. Right? They lost so many guys and so many players that um, that could have that 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 they were in the mix recruiting. They had commits. Uh, Sadiq Bay was supposed to go there. I don't know. They were getting he, pros. They were they getting, getting pros. pros. Sadiq yeah. Bay, like, look how good he's been. And he was supposed to go there. So I see a little could have ended up there. It's just, it's, I'm glad to see it work out for them. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice that the, the FBI thing kind of hasn't, hasn't just hurt people that didn't do anything wrong. Do you think quickly here, we'll give America a taste. Rob, Iowa State or Miami, what's your first gut? Uh, Miami by 15. Woo! Wow! The U, baby. The U. T.O.'s going to be right. T.O. T.O. had Miami in the Elite Eight, and both R.C. and I on Selection Sunday were like, come on, man. Go yeah, take a nap. Yeah, go take a nap. And now, and now he's going to be right. And I, oh. I, don't know how, I don't know if I should celebrate this or if I should be like, all right. Now I'm going to have to hear him chirping nonstop. <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh What's your other standout headline? I don't know if you go in the direction of Gonzaga. I don't know if you go in the direction of the Duke Michigan State game. Carolina. Maybe, maybe you go. All right. Tell me why. Let's be honest. I, we were as critical as Carolina as anyone all year long. I mean, we we were riding that. And let's be they've had two of the more impressive wins that any team has played, these two teams. I mean, they started out with Marquette. And even though Marquette didn't finish strong, we knew what they were capable of. And just the matchup, they hadn't shown that against two tough teams. Like, those teams beat them by 20-plus all year long. That's what we were talking about. Outside of that win in Cameron late in the year, they lose to Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament, and then they start back. And the matchup of Marquette and their style of play had me thinking, like, man, Rob, we were there, and that game was a blowout. That was just – that was unwatchable after 10 minutes. I mean, that was a beatdown what they did to Marquette and then to come right back, they were on their way of handing until that, that elbow with, with Brady Manic, they were on their way of opening up a can on Baylor and that was getting away. And, uh, and, and then, you know, that unfortunate incident that happened and then they ended up coming back, but then they showed the resolve to come back and finish the game and win it in overtime. Who, who thought that was happening? When oh that game got God, to overtime, I was come like, on, man. man, all right, here it comes. They're going to find a way yeah. to lose by 15 in OT. Yes. And See, then, I thought uh, it was yeah, over. Who, yeah, was, who, was who hit that? Who hit that first three? Styles, Sty, Steve. The freshman, Demontre Style, Styles, Dontre Styles. I thought that was a made-up person when they said his name in that three. <laughs> never, never played all year long. He was buried on the bench. Isn't that amazing? And he steps in. If they don't hit that three, if they don't take that first lead in overtime, I think it collapses. But they got that lead, and they're like, "All right, look, we got something to fight for. We can still do this." That shot gave him confidence. They don't win if he doesn't hit that three. I don't think. Hey, and 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 give give R.J. Davis his flowers too, man. I, RC, I think 30. you were the first oh. one on this. You you've been talking about this all year yeah. long. That kid yeah. can go. Yeah. I watched his growth during the ACC all year long, and I was impressed with him because originally last year I didn't think he was more of a point guard. I think he's grown into that role of a point guard. His percentages are always great. Now he's learning when to be aggressive, when to take shots, and if he he doesn't have to go for thirty. But if he is just this consistent as he is right now, they're tough to beat because you know you got a double-double machine inside. You got he and Love shooting over 40% from three. Now you found all these missing parts and these other guys. 
They got perimeter uh, defenders. They got like Leaky Black is a, is a lockdown defender. Brady Manning is a stretch forward that's scoring for those guys. He's giving them double-double. They're a scary team that's playing their best basketball right now. And, and I'm telling you, they're not a team you really want to play. That first half against Baylor, quite arguably North Carolina's best defensive half of the entire season. If not, it, it, it is. Because mm-hmm. they were absolutely phenomenal in just keeping Baylor from dribble penetration and making right. them take 15 to 17-foot jump shots that were contested. So put some respect on Hubert Davis and his staff. Even though the second half went the way it did, I thought they came out ready, and I thought North Carolina dictated the way the game was played because North Carolina defended. And for much of the year, we've said North Carolina doesn't defend a lick. This team has evolved. Up next here on Field of 68 After Dark, they don't say run east and west, but we will do it. Will Gonzaga run the west? Will Purdue run the east? We'll give you an answer. Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM Channel 84. Clear for 90. Hey, I just want to let you guys know that this week's episodes of the Field of 68 After Dark are sponsored by Honey, which is the easiest way for you to save money when you are shopping on your phone or your computer. Have you ever been in this spot, guys? You're shopping for something online. You get to check out when it asks you for a promo code. You got to start Googling to try to find a way to save a little bit of money. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past because Honey is the free tool that scours the internet for you and finds the one that best fits your cart. Here's how it works. You're shopping. You check out the honey button pops up. You click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds. Boom. The price that you have to pay goes down. I use honey. I just bought my son all of his T-ball stuff uh, for this season um, over the weekend. And anyone with kids, RC, you can attest to this. You know how expensive all of that sports equipment is. But with Honey, I saved myself like a good 50 bucks. It was like $45 that I got off for free. It's so easy. It works on a desktop. It works on a laptop. It works on an iPhone. All you got to do is just activate it in your Safari app. So if you don't already have Honey, you could straight up be missing out on free cash. It's free cash, guys. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. I'd never recommend something to you guys that I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash March Madness. That's joinhoney.com slash March Madness. The link is in the description below. Dagan, we got any questions? Also, also. I want to oh, make sure. Okay, that's okay. I want to make sure the chat knows my offer still stands on 400 Five, likes. Five, two, one. It is the field of 68 after dark. Sirius XM channel 84. I'm John Fanta. Randolph Childress is with us with a Demon Deacons pull up on tonight. I love it. Pride to Wake Forest. Coach Forbes is rolling. He's going to keep them going. And Rob Dalster is with us as well, coming from the beautiful state of New Jersey. All right, let's get into the Sweet 16. Let's get into these regionals. We're going to start in the West, gentlemen. We're going to start in San Francisco. You've got Gonzaga and Arkansas. You've got Duke and Texas Tech. So, Rob Dalster, the floor is yours. Is this region still the Gonzaga Bulldogs to lose? Uh, yeah, the, this NCAA title to me is the Gonzaga Bulldogs to lose. I think that they are the favorite. I think that they are the best team. If Andrew Nemhard is going to play the way that he did against Memphis, then I don't know where you can look at Gonzaga and say that there is necessarily a flaw here outside of, you know, maybe they're not quite athletic enough and maybe they're not elite defensively. Um, 
But I'll tell you this, I, RC, I think that is the toughest region that is left. Arkansas yes. can definitely take them out. J.D. Note is a game changer. Eric Musselman is a great game planner for specific matchups, uh, and they have athletes all over the place. Jalen Williams is their difference maker. Duke, we've already seen them beat Gonzaga. And if you're talking about a team that may not have enough athleticism and may not have enough toughness, that is literally the only thing that Texas Tech has on their roster. So uh, I don't think that it's a given that they get out, but to me, it, it, yes, it's their region to lose. It's their title to lose at this point. I'd agree with you. I think it's the one one league left, the one bracket left where in the West where one of those four teams could could represent and get to the Final Four. I, I don't know if we can say that with everyone else. I think any one of those teams between Duke or Intech and Arkansas Zags could come out and make it to the Final Four. But I do think it's the Zags to lose. I think they're the best team as we talked about their championship. We talked about it so much. I don't believe that they're – they just have so much bounce. You know, they, they can have an off night. You know, we're still Chet's going to play and, ha- and, and and arrive in these in these and it's in the brackets. And I think he'll he'll show up at some point and it wouldn't surprise me. But there's going to be a different guy each time. And Drew Timmy, as I said before earlier, he's he's just been great. I th- I think he's been the MVP of the whole tournament so far. I think Arkansas plays with an incredible intensity level and that J.D. Note is quite the motor of a guard. That being said, he really struggled. Folks, if you were to pick one game that you would not watch this weekend. Revisionist history here. I would have had you pick New Mexico State and Arkansas. I watched the game from the car on a drive from Buffalo to Pittsburgh. I haven't the slightest idea what I was watching. That that's when that's when Teddy decided to start missing all them shots, right? Teddy Buckets turned into Teddy Bricketts as soon as UConn wasn't on the other side of the floor. Yeah, he needed it's bitter. We oh. really, do we really need to talk oh. about this fan? What are you trying to do to me, man? What are you trying to do to me? Oh, I'm trying it, to have a positive show here, and you're over here talking about Teddy Buckets missing shots. Come on. It looked time. like it looked like a 2013 AFC East game between the Bills and the Jets. I mean, it was gross. It was brutal. I mean, but the, okay, part of that is New Mexico State. That being said, guys, I watched Arkansas live twice. I think that that uh, Stanley Umude and and JD Note are good players. They're not beating Gonzaga. They're not. Uh, I know the spread from Bet Rivers has hung around nine, nine and a half. Maybe Arkansas hangs in and and covers that. But I'm telling you right now, Gonzaga's not bowing down to Arkansas, not at the Chase Center, not out west. Gonzaga's going to win this game. And I think the team, do you agree or disagree? The team that would give Gonzaga more problems is who? I say Texas Tech. Who do you say, Texas Tech or Duke? No, I, I think it's I think it's Duke. The, think just it's Duke the, the size, the length, and athleticism, I think, is is probably the the most dangerous thing that they could run into. Um, Tech, I love Tech. I love what they do. I think that they actually beat Duke, but at some point, you got to actually have the the bodies that can really slow down um, slow down Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, and I don't know if they do. The other part of it is so much of what Tech does revolves around getting shots around the rim. And you're just going to get everything put through the backboard with Chet there. He's so good at erasing like a, a, an eight foot arc around the basket. He just takes it all away. If I'm Duke, I'm cheer- I mean, if I'm the Zags, I'm cheering for Tech to win because I think Duke is the one matchup where they're athletic. They got the size and the athleticism. The one thing that's given Chet issues is some physicality where the last thing you want is Paulo Bencaro leaning on him. 
And then Drew Timmy's got his hands full because he's got to deal with Mark Williams, another lengthy guy, athletic guy. They're big on the wing. They got the size to match up. So the one thing we know that gives his ag some trouble is length and athleticism. And that's the one thing Duke does have. All right. I like the Zags out of this region. Where do you guys fall? Same. Zags. Okay. Let's go to the East. Interesting here because Ooh. you've got, UCLA and North Carolina, two teams peaking at the perfect time. And you've got David versus Goliath with Purdue against the Fighting Peacocks of St. Peter's. St. Peter's will have a, a home crowd. They're going to have a ton of people coming in from New Jersey and Philadelphia. All the Northeast fans are going to be rooting for them. But needless to say here, this is not just not just this, Northeast fans for the record. Every single person that is wearing yes. North Carolina blue or UCLA oh, yeah. blue are going to be rooting for St. Peter's. Purdue yes. travels like crazy. They hit a great fan base. They are going to be playing a definitive road game in Philadelphia this weekend. All right, let me ask you this, Randolph Childress. I'm going to tee it up like this. Mm -hmm. Fact or fiction? The Purdue Boilermakers are finally going to make a Final Four under Matt Painter. Fiction. Oh, my. Oh, my. Why? He loves UCLA. I think, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I know. He loves I, I think, UCLA. I think I got to – I like UCLA, and, and I'm concerned with the way Carolina's playing right now. And I, I love the guard play and the bodies that they can use to throw at you know, Jaden Ivey, I think they got multiple guys to, to, if Carolina, if Carolina comes across them, but what, you know, Tiger Campbell was really, he was a closer and a finisher and he, he provides that elite point guard play. They're going to play someone with, with that, with RJ Davis and Tiger Campbell playing elite point guard play in that game was the one position that Purdue's vulnerable in. Yeah. And I, I, and mean, I, 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 I think that'd be tough for him. Yeah. I, 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 I think I agree with the matchup being a problem. Um, but I don't know if one, I don't know if Johnny Juzang is healthy. Uh, he sprained his ankle and, and, you know, he's, he's had ankle problems all year. And when he's not playing great, I think it really lowers the ceiling of what UCLA can be because he provides so much defensively and on the glass, like they have other shot makers that can step up, but he's, he's kind of a difference maker with kind of that. He's a little bit of a glue guy. Um, and I think that North Carolina and Purdue just match up so well together. And then if you go down, the matchups, I think that that Purdue has the better players in almost every position except for the point guard spot, and that could be end up being the difference maker. You know, we've seen it over and over and over again with Purdue, where if you have a great point guard, uh, they can really take advantage of you. The only thing I would say is I thought that they looked much better defensively against um, against Yale, which like you kind of expect, but then against Texas as well. I thought that they were really impressive on that end of the floor. Let's call spade a spade here. If not now for Purdue, then when? This is it right here. Your one and your two in this region are out. I know it's March Madness. I know anything can happen. I get that. I get that. But if you're Purdue, you have the size that they have. You have a, a lottery pick in Jaden Ivey. You've got the shooting capability that they possess. I totally respect North Carolina and UCLA. And for the record, I've got UCLA coming out of this region, provided that Juzang's healthy. So, Randolph, I'm with you. I'm mm -hmm. with you, Randolph. But that being said, that doesn't change the fact that for Purdue, this is the golden opportunity to see, make I a Final Four, man. I don't they, see that. I, I don't know if I agree with that, Fan. I don't and the reason why? I don't agree with that. How could you not agree with that? How could I, you I think, disagree? I think, I think this is 
a golden opportunity. I don't think it is yes. the golden opportunity. And I the reason I say that the reason I say that is because we've seen we've seen a lot of very good teams out of Matt Painter. They came within a Kihei Clark miracle that floater that he hit, or I'm sorry, uh, 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 Mamadi Diakite. If he doesn't hit that little floater, then Purdue is in the Final Four. Um, the year that Robbie Hummel got injured. They were the best team in the country, and they—I think they—they might have cut down the nets that season. Okay, so but if, this if is, the if the queen had balls, she'd be the king. No, I get what you're saying. Trust me, I get it. You got—you actually have to go out there and do it. But I think that Matt Painter puts this program in the position to have a chance to do that often enough that this isn't the, um, this isn't the the only, the only chance that he's going to have to be able to get there. I just think that that oh, program. That, that, that program is so healthy that they're going to – I just see them consistently putting out winners. And it's uh, to me, it's, it's the same thing as Gonzaga winning a national title. It's going to happen at some point because that program is too good not to have it happen eventually. But at the end of the day, you're only – like you're the best to never do it until you do it. So I think that that's kind of where Matt Painter is. Does that make sense? It makes sense, but it doesn't change my mindset of – I like Purdue – this is this is a setup here. I mean, I think Kansas probably has the best setup to get to the Final Four. And Disagree. Fanta, you're only saying that because they play St. Peter's, and I think they're finally they're, – they're the one team I don't want to see St. Peter's play. Right, so they're going to make just the think Elite Eight. Their size is just massive. Like, it, yeah. this isn't about toughness. It's just <laughs> massive. They have nothing for Zaki, you know, for Zach Eady. They have nothing for Zach. But my, my concern with them, though, is – once you get through that one, you know, you get through that game. And like I've said to you all along, last game, it was Travion against Texas. It was Travion Williams. He was the guy he stepped up. He played great, but it's one or the other. And it's for me, it's just tough to say when, when two of your three, your, your second and third best player play the same position, it's either one or the other. And I, and I think they'll get through St. Peter's, but if they play, you know, they beat Carolina early in the year, that's not the same team. There'll be motivation for Carolina to play that. And if, like we talked about, I like UCLA as well. There's no time like the present for Purdue. There's no time like the present. <laughs> we would all agree there. Well, we would all agree to that with, with each other and everything that we're doing. So I, <laughs> I, I don't Look, know. Look, I, I like that. the banter. The banter's good. I just, I don't know. I, I don't even think it's the same degree as Gonzaga and the national title thing. I just, for me, it's like, you're not going to have Jaden Ivy that often. So yeah, to, to your That's point, yes, I, mean. I, I get it. I get it. You're, you're right. I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I just think that Matt Painter is good enough. It's going to happen eventually. Like I would say for Ed Cooley, this is the golden opportunity to be able to have, like, it's not, I think it's easier to replicate what, per, what Purdue has done this season than it is to re, at, at, what Matt Painter has done this season at Purdue than it is to replicate what Ed Cooley has done at Providence. Does that make sense? So I think this is the chance for, for Providence to go out and make it happen. And look, we can talk about this in the next segment. I think that they beat Kansas. What a tease. What a segue that is. We will talk about the South and the Midwest regions right after this. Sirius XM, the Channel 80 forwards, feel a 68 after dark. Hmm. Clear for 90. So I don't know which one of us said it, but it's, Jaime Hawkins is the one that's hurt. Chat, we know that trying to keep straight the names Jaime Hawkes and Johnny Juzang when they're both like the same size, they both kind of play the same position and they both have names that are JJ as initials. Like 
<laughs> you try keeping that straight. It's impossible. We get it. We know Jaime Hawkins is the one that's hurt. Sorry. One of, one of us said it wrong. I don't know who it was. I'm no, you said Johnny Juicing was hurt. And they must said have got it. mad. Yeah. Said they're never going to let you forget. You know that. My my, my bad. Not. I know it's Jaime Hawkins. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. I I I, I, I well, swear man. to God, I mix them up literally every time I try to say one of their names. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get to I, a question here. I beg your, I beg your forgive. I mean, so sorry, Chad. Let's get to a question here. We're gonna talk about this game when we come back. But who has the better bench between Michigan and Villanova? Yeah, Michigan. Does Michigan Villanova does. have a bench? <laughs> Who's how did they get that? They don't need Who, one. Who's on Villanova's bench? Caleb is it Jay, Jay Wright. I think Mike Nardi might be able to still go out there and get a bucket. They don't need one. 30 shape. seconds. It's amazing. It's an amazing example of a team that drags it up the floor. They just rely on total efficiency. You know what they, you know what they are? Shots. You know what Caleb they are? Daniels 20. is the one bench guy. He's playing well. They're, 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 Villa, they're, they're Virginia on the main line. Jay Wright is just Tony Bennett with better suits. Oh, no. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's yes, not. Disrespectful. He That's disrespectful to, How to is Villanova. That- how is that disrespectful? How many national titles does Villanova have? Two. Two. One. <laughs> Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're presented by Bet Rivers. I nearly just – Dowster and I are on fire with each other tonight because he just called Villanova Virginia on the main line, and I, I am offended. Virginia, Virginia won the national title. Like the the last national title was Baylor. The one before that was Virginia. Okay, yeah, well, like, and who that, won the one before that? How is that disrespectful? Who Virginia's won the, one the best before program that? in the eighth? Villanova, yes. And then North Carolina won one. Shout out RC. Who who won the one before North Carolina? Oh, if we're going back that far, how who's won the most national but titles that since nineteen ninety nine? Was it nineteen eighty five? Who who's won the most national titles? Who won the most national titles since nineteen ninety nine? You really want to do this? Who's accounted for two I, of the last five national titles? I will turn it into a conversation about UConn. Dagan does not want oh, that to happen. You better, on, <laughs> you better move Dagan, on, sir. You better move on, sir. mute him, Dagan. You better move on, sir. <laughs> hanging, get him. Get in there hanging. Nuts hanging, Dagan. In honor, in honor of the officials this weekend. See them we, are, <laughs> we, might have to, we might have to give out a report card on the officials here uh, this How past bad weekend. They, I, they had a tough weekend. Is okay. there anything lower than an F? <laughs> Goodman G G he gives out a G for the worst. All right. Incomplete. Uh, all right, here we go. Let's let's talk about this now. <laughs> let's talk about the what do we want to do? forgot to fill here? in the bubbles on their SAT. <laughs> right. Right. Let's go to the south. Okay. Let's try to get back on track. Let's go to the south region here. And in the south, you've got Arizona and Houston. What a game that's gonna be. Big time game. And then you got Villanova and Michigan. Randolph, where do you fall in the South region? I picked Arizona to start and I'm gonna stick with them. But I'm mm-hmm. but Houston concerns me. Houston mm-hmm. concerns me. I, I I'd be lying to you to tell you I, I am concerned about Houston. So it, it wouldn't be a game I'd bet. I'd bet I wouldn't bet on that one. I I I I'm because I chose Arizona, I, I'm gonna stick with them, but <laughs> I will, but I, but I I'm think, telling you, Houston's gonna be Houston's gonna be a tough out for those guys. I I think Houston wins. I think Houston yeah. wins this game outright. And here's why, RC. Tell me what you think about this. Um, Houston does two things. They build their their program on two things. One, they crash the offensive glass. They get after it like almost no one else in the country. And we saw against TCU the one flaw that Arizona has defensively. They can get beat up on the glass. 
When you have guys that are physical and stronger than them, you can kind of move Christian Coloco wherever you want him to go. He's great. He's a great rim protector. He's got a high center of gravity. You can move him off his spot. Uh, The other thing they do, they force turnovers. They overplay. They pressure you. They want to make you – they want to take you out of what you want to run. And the issue – we've been talking about this since like all the way back in November. The issue Arizona has is turning the ball over. Kirk Creasa, I love him. I love his gunner mentality. I love the fact that he took three threes in the span of seven seconds when they were down by one in the final minute against TCU, right? Like I want, you want guys that have that level of confidence, Uh, but he also turns the ball over. You know, he could throw the ball into the stands 17 times in one game and he's not even healthy when he's doing it right now. So uh, I think this is probably the worst matchup that Arizona could have gotten out of anybody on the four or five seed line. I think Houston wins same way. I think I, I'll tease it right here. I don't think Arizona is the only number one seed going down on that side of the bracket. This is um, which is incredible here. We're going to get to that in a second. I'll tell you what. I think there's a real path here for for Houston to make the Final Four. But for the for the sake of being different here, I actually am going to pick Arizona because as hard as Houston plays, the lack of offense at times is a little bit concerning to me. And I, I don't think Kirk Kreese is going to be any worse than he was last night. He shot one for 10. He, he can't be. He physically cannot be worse. He can't he be any worse. This, he, could, he could sit cross-legged at the center court and not do anything, <laughs> and he could not be worse than he was the other night. Yeah, I, I like Arizona here. We have someone in the chat, Jeff Huntsy, who says, keep dissing Arizona. Well, Jeff, the sun is rising right here because I like the Wildcats in this game. Ben Matherin's going to be the best player on the floor in this game. Yes, he will be. I love the matchup between him and Tajay Moore, two superb athletes. I think Arizona has the size to compete with Houston and keep Houston from attacking the rim, make Houston take threes. And this comes down to Tommy Lloyd's defensive game plan. I'm going to go a little bit different, although I think Arizona-Houston could be the best Sweet 16 game. Could end up being the best Sweet 16 game. I like Villanova to beat Michigan. I agree. Man, I I think Villanova could end up making the Final Four here. I agree. I think the size of Arizona would bother them. It's just it's just about matchup. I think Villanova get through Michigan, but like Rob said, the two things that concern me is is turnovers and rebounding with with Arizona, and they've done that. But the one thing I do like is their pace, and I and I mm-hmm. think at some point in time, Houston's inability to make shots and lack of depth on the bench, I think, will come back and hurt them. And I think yep. against Arizona, it will happen. Okay. Interesting. Let's go down to the Midwest. Rob Dowster made about as bold a statement as I've heard on the entire show. <laughs> yes, he did. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, he did. Now, Kansas is going to play Providence. Iowa State's going to play Miami. One might argue that Kansas and Providence has a de facto regional final feel, even though Miami and Iowa State would have something to say about that. But... Friday night at the United Center, Ed Cooley leads the Providence Friars, who are playing well at this juncture. They steamrolled Richmond. They commanded South Dakota State when everyone had them getting upset. Noah Horkler is red hot for this team right now. 29 points and 22, rather 23 rebounds over the weekend. He played really well in stretching the floor. And it would appear, Rob, that you like the way Providence yeah. matches up with Kansas. I, I think they beat Kansas. I think they Why? beat Kansas for a couple of reasons. And I'll be quick here. One, Nate Watson can match up with David McCormick inside. Two, 
Justin Manaya can turn off Oshaya Baji's water. We saw him do it against uh, uh, Baylor Shireman in the first round of the NCAA tournament. We saw him do it uh, against um, some of Richmond's wings in the second round of the NCAA tournament. And I think he could do it. I know Oshai is a different level. I think he could do it there. I would argue that uh, the, the point guard play is more steady for um for providence give me al durham and jared bynum as decision makers over dewan harris and remy martin uh the only thing that i'm worried about i think noah horkler can run around with jalen wilson as well only thing i'm worried about is remy martin is the difference maker the ultimate x factor he's the one kind of game-changing talent they have where if things get set and you don't really have anything that you can run and ed cooley finds a way to scheme bill self out of what he wants to run you can't really uh create anything that way you could just kind of give the ball to Remy and say, all right, go get us a good one on this possession. And Remy can do it. Why should we all be rooting for Providence? Again, apparently there's a wager. Uh, yes. Jeff Goodman said that if Providence gets to the final four on a show in New Orleans, he will wear the Friar mascot costume <laughs> while he's there. So, look, I am I'm all in, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm a Providence Friar. I want them to be there. I'm going to live and die with every oh. single shot. I am with you, Providence oh. fans. I cur- I just changed my address, man. I don't live in New Jersey anymore. I am now a resident of Friartown, Rhode Island. Let's go. If they get through this game, they are going to the Final Four. If they can I, just get through destiny, man. Yes, if they get through this game, be, man. And, I, and I agree with everything you said. The only difference maker is, is just Remy Martin. I, I think if Remy can, he's just he can be a bucket, and, and I don't know if they can. They, they got the guys with the mentality to match up, but he can just be a guy you give the ball to. They got nothing to do with coaching, and he could just get your bucket. Interesting mm-hmm. how close Creighton came. I thought that Creighton stuck Kansas into the half court well at times, and Kansas had a little bit of trouble there. Remy Martin unleashes that other offensive di- dimension. So, to both your points, I get it there. Let's get to it here. Final four. Final four, your updated final four. Randolph, Childress, go. And a national champion. I got Zags. I got Arizona. I'm going to say UCLA and Kansas and my eventual championship is going to be Zags in Arizona. And I got the Zags winning in Natty. So I have, I have Gonzaga winning the title as well. Um, I have them beating Texas tech to get to the final four. Then I have uh, North Carolina getting past UCLA and taking on Purdue for the right to get to the final four out of Philadelphia. And I think Purdue ends up winning that game. I know I've been, off the Purdue bandwagon all season long. I'm reversing course on everything since I'm reversing course on Providence. I got a reverse course on, on Purdue as well. Um, I think Houston picks off Arizona. I think Villanova, I, I, I think they win. I think they beat Michigan by like 12 to 15 points. I, I don't think that, that one's all that close. And then I think Villanova is able to get by uh, Houston. You, you just, the things that Houston does well, um, Villanova does not allow you to do. They're not going to give up offensive rebounds. They're not going to turn the ball over. They're not going to make those silly mistakes. So I think Villanova gets to the final four where they will be taking on Providence who beats Kansas and beats Miami. It's a big East right side of the final four. I got Villanova taking down the Friars. I have Gonzaga taking down Purdue and then Gonzaga eventually beating Colin Gillespie uh, who after the game will announce that he's decided not to turn pro. He's going to return to school for his ninth season of college basketball. <laughs> They're just going to put it as Chris Archie Diacono in the, uh, on the roster and no one's going to know any different. We've got 15 <laughs> seconds. I'll go super bowl. The winner of Kansas Providence ends up winning it all. That does it for us here on field of 68 after dark. <laughs> wow. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow night.
What a oh, show. What a man, show. What a good. show. That was, that was those were some bold, bold, bold predictions. Uh, but and feel the 68 after dark after. So chat, we need we see you. We need you here. Fire away with your questions. Uh someone said in here, I read it, and they go, Randolph never picks North Carolina. He never picks UNC. <laughs> This guy is you guys, on you. You guys should you guys should have seen him. He was breaking out in hives, sitting next to T.O. because he had a Carolina Man, blue shirt I, on. I, I, I'm, I'm as I'm as nice as I can be. I don't know what they expect from me. Like, come on, guys. I'm 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 positive. <laughs> so just the best you're gonna get out of me. Stop it. Hey, look, look, you got you gotta be nice to him because of what you did to them in the ACC tournament. All right, that still hurts. That's still and I stinks. like those guys. Some of those guys are still friends of mine, except you know, Jeff doesn't like me much, but that's okay. You know, Stack can, can you blame guys, him? Grant, can, it, can you can well, you blame him? But when you talk the way Jeff talks, you would expect it. Like you gotta deal with that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm. For sure. I yeah, love Ken Palm is a fraud. Yeah, I'm I, gonna say I'm getting I'm getting in here with uh, he has a question for everybody. Bars and Nola will benefit with Providence in the final four. He's he's so right. <laughs> he wants Goodman to buy him a trip. <laughs> Jesse Newell. So Jesse Newell says Providence has no shot against against Kansas. Well, Jesse, you had Providence ranked twenty fifth in the country. There's no way that's the re- is that the real Jesse Newell? No, no, no. He's not in the chat, but he said this today apparently on his Twitter. I'm sorry, Jesse, but you know what? You're a hater. You're you're a hater. <laughs> get him, Fanta. You you got to get know. a brain, man. You have them 25th in the country all year. Like, let's call let's call a spade a spade. Hey, Aunt, uh, Gilbert says the Big 12 is full of dogs. Like, the Big 12 is full of dogs. Uh, that league is just so tough, so freaking tough with, with guys that just know how to win. I thought Texas Tech, I thought there was a chance that they could lose. What are you, what are you doing with your phone? I'm I'm taking a picture. Uh, UConn fans are not happy that I said Providence was going to beat Kansas. <laughs> well, guess what? They're sitting. They're sitting at home. The Bassey. Okay. Teddy, Teddy Allen. On, dro- Teddy Allen Kansas, dropped thirty-seven on. on their head. They got no. Oh my god! Hey guys, the show is over. This is great. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Garrett says, Randolph, are you happy for the ACC teams? I am. You know what? I am. I mean, I, I cheer for the league when they're not in it. I mean, obviously, and and these are. Probably, you know, we were surprised at Miami a little bit, but we're not. We knew their guard play was really, really strong, and they're going to go as far as their guards play. They've had the three best guards. I, I've said it all year long, in my opinion, and I stick by that. I don't think any team has a, you know, three a better three guard rotation than they have. Duke, we always know have the, had the talent, and Carolina had it, and they're just playing better. So, I'm happy for the league, though. You know, obviously everyone was crushing the league all year, and I thought deservedly so earlier. They're just playing better basketball. Yeah. Can I can I just say this about the the ACC? Um, Duke unquestionably should have made it to the sweet 16. There's no surprise about that. Uh, the fact that Carolina ended up as an eight seed says everything you need to know about how disappointing their season was. They are good enough to be a sweet 16 team. The talent was right. on the roster. They unperformed, right. they underperformed all season long. And Miami got the benefit of having a team. Like they, they played really well the first weekend of the tournament. Um, they have a team that is built to win in March. And they got a good matchup against a team that can't really guard guards and that turns the ball over against pressure. And, and those are the kind of things you need to make a run. So uh, I, I would argue that um, if we were talking about it at the start of the season, the ACC should have had two um, tournament teams. They did not have uh, – or two Sweet 16 teams. They did not have it because 
one of those teams that should have been in the Sweet 16 underperformed all year long, and then they had another one wake up. It doesn't say anything. one game samples don't say anything about the, the the power of the league. They played like dog shit for November and December. That doesn't change anything. Let me tell you something. I, I love this question in the chat. And great take, Rob. Ken Palm is a fraud. Says biggest sleeper with a chance to win it all. I'm going to go Houston just because of how tough they are. The fact that they pressure the ball so well. Kyler Edwards, Tajay Moore. I like that team and the way that they're playing. They can beat Arizona, guys. They could beat Arizona. And I think that if they – Villanova or Michigan, I know that a lot of people are like, well, Villanova doesn't turn the ball over. I'll tell you what, Villanova hasn't seen a team that defends the way Houston does all season. People are sleeping on Houston. Mm-hmm. I won't mm-hmm. argue that. They're, they're mm-hmm. a tough team. I, I won't, I won't they're argue number that. two in Kempom right now. All season-long season long metrics – Houston is number two on Kempom. Kempom is a fraud. I must say, Van is taking my job, man. Go ahead, Dagan. read the question that that he just said. Well, first of all, let it go. First of all, I need we need to get some. Okay, yeah, yeah. First of all, his name is not Dagan. It's nuts hanging. That's hanging Dagan. I can say that to him. I went to college with him. Thank you, Fanta. I'm not calling him nuts hanging Dagan. I just well, you, you just said you just did. So. Yeah, yeah, right. It's nuts taking day. No, I mean, before you know it, next week we're going to be saying ass out Sean Paul. Please like, no. Please I, no. You know, like the, it's we're Please not no. developing nicknames for Please people's no. body parts. Okay? All right. All right. Let's, it's, not, it's not for his body parts. It's because he looks like the guy on St. Peter's who lets his nuts hang every time he takes a jumper. The I, dude I with the stash. I, I'm not doing it. That's right. Four, not... 400 likes and the stash will be out in New Orleans. So yeah. get hit hey, that hey, like button. Hey. <laughs> um, but anyway, all right, we got to get some details on, on this, this Saturday night thing. So we were informed right. that you, Fanta, and Goodman had rooms next to each other in Buffalo. And, and we were told that you were staying in the room with, next to him Saturday night. Yes. Is this true? It is true. Did you it hear him true. banging on the wall on Saturday night? Or were you gone by that point? <laughs> I did not hear him banging on the wall. I did not hear him banging on the wall. Uh, however, I just kept hearing from the other side of the wall, he sucks. He sucks. Just like instinctively. He he He's sucks. terrible. Right. That's Jeff. Right. He texted me. He goes, are you next door? So typically when someone says that to you, you're like, yeah, you know, and I did. I'm like, yeah, I am. I was thinking he'd be like, oh, you know, watch some of the game or like, you know, let's. You know, let's start talking. I'm like, yes, I'm next door. No response. That was it. That was all he needed to know. <laughs> I don't know what he did with that from there. Guys, guys, the media hotel in Buffalo was extremely shady. I'm just being quite honest with you. <laughs> I am not sure what was going on in there. It was like the hotel. This hotel had a bowling alley, a, a rooftop bar. It had like another uh uh, game center where, where there were just people all the time. I'm not saying I was at a hotel that could have been run by Marty Bird of Ozark, but I sure as hell felt like there was some washing going on at the A-Loft in Buffalo. I'm just telling you, the media hotel was very strange. It had a weird... You know when you walk into a hotel and there's a weird smell? There was a weird smell, and they put me next to Goodman. It was not a great weekend for me. Honestly, that hotel sounds like kind of a good time. It was a good time. I had fun. <laughs> I had fun in Buffalo. Okay. I drank you're a too Buffalo much kind on, of guy. I you're, well, Cleveland, you know, I yeah, like you're a Buffalo, Buffalo kind of guy. 
Yes. Yes. Got, they got wings everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Buffalo is a good town for fans. But I will say this. Good for me I'm not gonna, hey, it's a good town. Do you get a garbage plate when you're up there? Uh, what's that? That's more. That's more of a. Oh, you don't know what a garbage plate is. I think that's more of a Rochester thing, anyway. It's the greatest the drunk food plate? of all. I'm gonna say, are you gonna yeah. tell us? You're just gonna make us right, right. Exactly. Say, I'm, a, I'm, I'm they, listening now. Like, what is it? Like, help me out. They throw. They throw everything on to one. Like, the, you, you get two fried eggs. You get like this kind of like chili kind of ground beef. You get some hash browns thrown in there. There's a whole bunch of cheese. Basically anything that that you would think of that could possibly be some kind of, there's uh there's there's sausage links that are thrown in there anything that could possibly be considered even borderline a breakfast food kind of all gets thrown into this plate that is more of like a flat bowl and it's like three pounds of food and yeah that's right. that, so, that sounds like a bad I, night in the bathroom if you're asking me right yeah exactly, but it's also exactly. as if you're hungover it's also a great way to kind of uh kick that thing down a little bit if you know yeah. what i'm saying so i went to yeah. i went to duff's for <laughs> rc's like yeah i've been there oh yeah i've been there <laughs> gotta feed it man you gotta feed it <laughs> i went to duff's for chicken wings the duff's location apparently this is a famous place for wings guys waited an hour 15 and by the time we got so fired up at our table, we had to take them to go. It, it did not pan out. It did not pan out. It went about as well as the Buffalo Bills have gone in terms of winning a Super Bowl in the last 30 years. It, it just it ended up being a very strange weekend in the town of Buffalo. I appreciated the, the hospitality. Key Bank Center was an interesting building. But, man, I wanted some Duff's wings, and I never got them. Is it bad that I don't know what a so Kevin Sweeney says that garbage plate is Rochester culture? Not yeah, it's Buffalo. it's more That's it's more a Rochester. Big difference, Rob. It's not a huge. It's, it's all, look upstate New York is upstate New York is upstate New York. You could you could tell me Syracuse. You could tell me Rochester. You could tell me Buffalo. You could tell me Hamilton. You could tell me any of those towns up there. It's all the same. It's just buried in snow nine months out of the year. It's basically Canada. Yeah, true. You're you're heard. <laughs> oh well, they did. They played the Canadian national anthem before the game. Of course they did. They, yeah, you're that far up. They're that far yeah, up. They, they basically, I mean, when you're in Buffalo, you're you're on the other side of the lake from Canada. Uh, Were they still digging out snow? How much snow was up there? No, there wasn't snow. The weather was not bad. Um, they were they were rolling out the um, Labatt Blue. Labatt Blue yeah. was flowing. Flowing throughout the arena and Labatt Blues, Genesee Cream Ales. I'm a big Genesee Cream Ale guy. Yes, the hotel they were like nine dollars for thirty packs when I was growing up. I love that yes. stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Guys, you guys, just, we didn't we didn't mention that. Uh, I didn't. Maybe you guys did. I didn't hear it. I didn't know Paris. It was official. Paris got South Carolina. Oh yeah, it happened. It happened like while we were while we were live. Okay. It broke. It broke at like eleven fifteen. Yeah, he. Okay. It's that. That's that's done. Um, yes. Let's go. You want to you want to walk through the coaching hires? RC, great great uh, transition. I wanted to ask you guys kind of about the coaching hires that happened here in the last few days. <laughs> uh, before we do that, can I just say someone? That was a great uh, line. <laughs> Sleepers Media in the chat just said someone needs to get RC a garbage plate in a room temperature Perrier. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Somebody's been... Pellegrino, baby, <laughs> and a garbage plate. Oh, uh, let's talk coaching carousel here. So we've seen this thing uh, rolling and we've seen a lot of different moves made in the last 24, 48 hours. Rob, the floor is yours. Let's start with you. Which coaching change? Let's begin with this. Which coaching change impresses you the most? Maybe the one that fascinates you the most. 
impresses or fascinates because to me it's two different things okay fascinates you um i'm i'm really excited to see what kenny payne's going to do at louisville i i think that he's going to be able to get players um i think that he's going to be similar to what Jawan howard is in, in hiring a staff that allows his program to thrive i think he's a guy that knows where his weaknesses are you know Jawan, he, he kys he knew his scout he hired phil martelli to help him with all of the other shit you got to do when you're running the program that isn't the basketball stuff there's no one that knows how to make a program operate better than phil martelli does he did it for 34 years at a very high level at frankly what is not a very good job in st joe's and he had that thing rolling for a while so um i think that kenny payne to louisville that if you get it right at louisville they are a top five to eight job in college basketball that there i mean rick patino got it right he won national Definitely. championships and made final four final four so um I'm, I'm very very interested and intrigued to see what kenny payne's going to do at louisville i agree i i couldn't pick a better one than that that's what i was going to go with okay i'm gonna look into maryland here so maryland that job opens in december in december and it was the first job in college basketball that really opened. So they have a lot of time here to figure things out. And when the job first opened, the name that was mentioned was the name who they went with today. And that's Kevin Willard from Seton Hall. Now, Kevin Willard puts in 12 years at Seton Hall. When he took over the program, the program was in the basement. It was in a terrible place. The thought of winning at Seton Hall again was in the gutter. And they pick out this guy who comes from Iona. And he takes over the job at Seton Hall. He has some bumps in the road. It took some patience. But he ended up getting the Hall to five NCAA tournaments, what would have been a sixth in 2020. He establishes a winning culture, and he makes winning the standard again at Seton Hall University, a place that's not just easy to win at. Did he make a deep NCAA tournament run? He did not. But with the resources that he had, did he churn out a culture, a standard of winning, an actual home court advantage at a place you would never think of, but they won a lot of games at home, they held serve, and to be consistent in the top four or five at worst six of their league in the Big East, and to win a Big East tournament title, let me give you the most impressive stat of his. Villanova since 2015, 5-1 in the Big East Tournament Championship Games. The one is Isaiah Whitehead and Seton Hall. Mm -hmm. That was just Seton Hall's third Big East Tournament Championship. For Maryland, they looked, they explored, but they bring in a guy who won at a hard, hard, hard place to win. A, a guy who established a winning culture and a mentality, and a guy who will develop players, who will roll up his sleeves, who's already bringing in Tony Skin from Ohio State, who has DMV ties, and who's looking at David Cox, who would be a really good assistant coming from URI. Kevin Willard at Maryland is a fascinating hire because it's going to be hard. It's hard to move up in the Big Ten. But if there's a guy who's going to bust his ass to try and do it, it is Willard who follows the Patino way. Can I, can I, can I ask you this? Not that I disagree with anything you said, obviously, but my question is, what's any different than what Turgeon was doing? This isn't a program that's been in a basement. And, you know, you mentioned postseason success. Turgeon was getting them there. So to me, 
the perception of this job was to get someone that was to take to do something more than what Turgeon was doing. That's what Turgeon was doing. So I'm not saying it's a bad hire or anything, but I I, I don't know I, when I see this, I'm not like, Oh man, that's going, that's a home run. Oh, he, they crushed it for, mm-hmm. for a guy that's been identified from the very beginning because we acted as if Turgeon wasn't winning. He was winning. Yeah. They just didn't go deep. I mean, how many, I actually, I mean, and this is, and this is not a, you know, a loaded question, but how much success has Will have had in the tournament? He's got one win. Okay. You know, who's got more wins than him in the tournament? Shaheen Holloway. Shaheen Holloway. For all intents and purposes, <laughs> the next coach at his alma mater in Seton Hall. The thing is, it's, it's interesting, RC, because anybody who calls a hire a home run hire in the moment is reacting to, to the hire and the name and the brand. We're, we're not going to know what kind of hire this is until it gets going. Here's one interesting factor to all this. Kevin Willard knows how to sell Under Armour because Seton Hall is an Under Armour school, and there's not many of those left. So apparel so much, and one of Willard's selling points is, hey, if Steph Curry wears this stuff, you could wear it, man. You know, that's, that's yeah. one of the things that he says. So that's a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting hire. I don't know who they were the, really the going to get that would be better. Who was going to be a better hire is the question. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like that, that was the other thing. Like, who are you going to go out and get that, that would win the press conference more than Kevin Willard? Um, what I will say is this, he just hired the, uh, who's the guy off the, he just hired the assistant from Ohio state. Yeah, Tony skin. From DC. Tony, Tony skin. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. Tony skin. Yeah, and I think that's a big hire for him, being able to get someone that's from the area, that's going to have connections in the area, that plays college basketball in the area, uh, that is going to help him get players from the area. If you want to succeed at Maryland, you have to be able to get kids from the DMV and create a pipeline with Team Takeover or uh, DC Premier or the the Team Durant with Damatha, with um, with Paul the Six, with all those, there is so, 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 so much talent that comes out of that area. RC, you can attest to this. There is so much talent that comes out of that area. you got to keep those guys home if you want Maryland to be great again. Well, Tony's going to help him with that, and then Romer and Cox, mm-hmm. you know, who's another DMV guy, join that staff as well. And with him having head coaching experience, that'll help. I don't know. They don't need another one. They may... He may even get, you know, I've heard they talked about Dwayne Simpkins being a guy with, you know, the University of Maryland, who's now at George Mason, another oh, local guy. I would guy. love to, so, I would love to see him there. That'd be a great I, I, for him. Yeah. So, you know, that would be a great staff for him. And again, I'm not knocking the hire, but I am saying the Annie has to be raised. He's, he's got to prove it, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, it, he's got to prove it. it. That's all. It's just the Annie. This is a hire You're that right. says, hey, you got to be, the Annie has to be raised because. You had that in Turgeon. It wasn't right. like we're talking about a guy that ran a program in the ground. Yeah, and I Turgeon just just to, to yeah to bring it up for you, RC Turgeon went to uh, went to six of the last seven NCAA tournaments. If you include the the 2020 season when they won the a share of the Big Ten title, he went right. to six of the last seven NCAA tournaments. Went to a Sweet 16 in 2016, and a team that was a preseason the preseason number one team in the country when they made it to the Sweet 16 that year. Um, they he won a game in three of the five tournaments that he actually played in. So it's, there has been a, a it's been like this, right? But it's kind of like, there. yeah, it's right. kind of like Jamie and Dixon at Pitt where it's like, okay, why aren't you, t- it, it, we're plateauing. Why aren't we growing? Why aren't we getting to the next level? And 
Um, sometimes yeah, you need to change. I change also hurt there, but yeah. yes, that's what hurt them. And and I understand what sometimes you need to change within the program. Um, I just I just hope that. Um, I mean, I, I look. I like Kevin. I, I hope it works out for him there. Um, but he's gonna have to. I mean, he's gonna have to work his ass off. And he made it work at Seton Hall. So I've. I, I don't doubt that he's going to be able to put in the effort. We'll see just if it ends close, up paying off. You, you can both say that Kevin Willard's a hard worker, X's and O's guy, Patino philosophy. He's going to roll up his sleeves. He's bringing in a staff that will recruit to the DMV and will get Maryland well-liked in that area again by high school and AAU coaches. They'll be able to pick up traction there. And you can say that Kevin Willard's got something to prove. Because yeah, he hasn't made all... that deep NCAA tournament mm-hmm. run. Both those, things, both those things can be true, but were the Terrapins going to do significantly better than a, a Big East head coach who's made no. winning games a, a standard? No, probably not. He's got work to do. We'll see what kind of hire this ends up being. You, to call it a home run hire today, though, you got to wait to know what it is. Yeah, you, you have 100%. to wait and see. People thought Urban Meyer was a home run hire. Instead, and I'll, tell you this, I'll tell you this much. He got a lot that that job got a lot of people paid <laughs> oh, got a yeah, lot of people, some nice extensions. Um, I, I want to ask you this, RC. We've had Matt McMahon got LSU Lamont Paris got South Carolina. Dennis Gates is going to Missouri. Jerome Tang is going to Kansas state. Uh, Mike white went to Georgia, which means Georgia. Todd golden got Florida. Uh, I'm sh- there's one, there's one more that I'm blanking on right now. Uh, but out of out of all the, these high major jobs that have opened up, which is is there one that you're like, yeah, they they nailed it with that guy? Because you want to know who I think it is? I think it's Kansas State getting Jerome Tang. I was gonna say you already said uh, you said that that's where I was gonna go, thinking that I I, I don't know. <sighs> LSU hire, I don't know. I mean, it's just such a different landscape down there. I, I mm-hmm. it, it's. The one thing I always say is when you get to the high major level, it's just so much more than excellent as always. There's there's not a lot of bad coaches. Now, you can do some stupid things. You cannot be a leader. You cannot get it. But you have to change when you become a high major head coach. If you've never been at that level, you have to change. You can't do it. This, I mean, I'm not talking about it from a philosophical standpoint, but it, it's different. And you better have had some experience or be willing to change some things to put yourself in position to be successful. If not, you, you just know get what paid else? and you're done. It, it might it might be different going from uh, going from any other high major to going to the SEC. I don't think there, there's no there's no, yeah, there's no, no there's rules the, yeah, in the yeah. SEC. No, there's oh, no Chris, rules. Chris Jans, Chris Jans to Mississippi State was the one that I missed. Okay. I think that the next coaching star that goes beyond just a young rising star, but the but the next guy that that ends up being being someone that we bring up as as one of the top eight coaches in America in, in two or three years, I'm all in on Todd Golden. I'm all in on Todd Golden. I like this hire for I, Florida. My, my only thing about that is so much about the success of what you're saying is it has to fit. Like Shaheen Holloway in Seton Hall, it mm-hmm. fits. Like it, 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 it's not just that it fits. It's not about how smart you are and all those other things. You have to fit that university and that community in a manner of the way they want to operate and do things and get things done. I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm against that, but that's just the example of what I mean, that that that, that has to fit in order for it to be successful. 
I'd like to know then who fits the University of Florida basketball. That's a great question because it's a football school. To me right now, Florida no doesn't have. Had, yeah, to me right no, now, Florida doesn't have an, a basketball identity. Billy Donovan but, 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 no, gave no, 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 them a basketball but, identity. He, he, and 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 we White was successful there. Mm-hmm. It's another one. He just followed it. He followed the legend, the greatest coach they ever had, and then they got national championship standards, and he just wasn't winning. And it just got to a point. It's like you know what. If we don't win a national championship, we're going to move on. There's no guarantees they'll ever get back to that. And yeah, the reason Mike White, I, I, Mike White left to get off the hot seat. He yeah, he got off the, the hot seat, seat and he went to another state. Like there, there's no guarantee because Billy, Billy Donovan did it because the way that, that the way that that happened may never happen that way again. Mm-hmm. Because now he 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 did that at a time when guys were staying. Those guys aren't coming back. You, you fast forward that to now, they're not coming back. So how are you going to build it? How are you going to do it? That's why it's so different. Not, I believe all these guys can coach and do a lot of different things. There are no bad coaches in this, but how do they fit in that situation? I mean, what does it look like? And, I, and I, that's the thing you can't say. Like, you, you're going to Florida. It's like following up Duke. You know, he's going to be if, – if Shire doesn't win a national championship in the first five or so years, they're going to look at him like, man, we got to move on and find somebody else. There's a national mm-hmm. championship standard there. So if just getting them to the tournament, they're going to be like, man, look, you're not it. I don't, I don't envy the situation that John's going to be in at all. No, if you're it's not, like Hubert. If you're not, yeah, if you're not like a top five coach of all time, you're going to be a disappointment stepping into those roles. Like that is that's tough, man. Yeah, but he's making that, millions that of dollars. Tough. No, I I get it. No, I get no, no. We take it. We 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 not we're not knocking it for the money. I mean, you got to take those jobs and their money. But mm-hmm. it's like Hubert. If Hubert didn't turn Carolina around at the end of the season the way he did, you had people already saying in two or three years he's <laughs> Jeff, out of Jeff here. Goodman fired him in January. He was like, two to three, we got to get him out of here. <laughs> yes, we got to well, get, get him ridiculous. up out of here. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's why those types of hot takes are insane. I mean, they're, they're, they're out of bounds. You know, the, yep. this sport is different. It's it different. Is. And Todd Golden brought it up in a TV interview. And that's why. Yeah. I, Kyle, I Kyle Fox ever, just said in the chat that the perfect example is how Mark Adams fits at Texas Tech. Right. That's exactly what right. you're talking about. Right. 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 That's all. Exactly. That's all I mean. That's all I mean. It just, and you have to fit and, that. And job. look, and I, I can't, think, and I, let me say, let me say this and I'll say, and I'll, and I'll stop. Sometimes guys have to take those jobs when they're offered to them because they're there. It's a crap ton of money and you got to take it. Nobody's turning down these jobs. But every now and then when you're fortunate enough to get a job that fits your personality and you fit, then that's when you get a chance to be special. Mm -hmm. And I, I Fanta, I don't think that Todd Golden is a bad fit at Florida. Right. I, th- I I'm with you. Like the, the guy is incredibly smart when it comes to analytics, the, the, the margins that they work with to maximize the, the potential for them to win, they'll, they'll find ways to steal an extra two points at the end of a half, an extra two points here, an extra two points there. He, he's, he's very good at what he does. The fact that he built San Francisco into an at large tournament team is just baffling. They, they self-imposed uh, uh, the, the, the destruction of the program in the eighties, right? Like San Francisco is there. It, they won a title in 1956 with Bill Cartwright, and like that's their history right there. San Francisco is is non-existent as a basketball program, so he can obviously build it. He's got roots in the SEC. He came up with Bruce Pearl, but it's 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 a completely different beast. And I don't think with any of these jobs we're going to know until it works out. I will say this though: uh, we talk about fit. I I love the fit of Jerome Tang at Kansas State. That to me, you got a guy who spent 20 years on staff 
with, with, with Scott Drew, watching him build Baylor from the, the, the rubble of, of a train wreck, right, to probably the healthiest program in college basketball right there with Villanova. And Kansas State has something to – they have a base to work with. So if anyone's going to be able to do – and look at the success that, that Scott Drew's coaching tree has had. Grant McCaslin is killing it in North Texas. Paul Mills got to the Sweet 16 at, uh, at Oral Roberts. There's another one that I'm blanking on. Um, that made a run last year. That was I'd almost put, I'm with you. I'd almost willing to put, if I had to bet on any of those guys, I'm betting he has a major impact on Kansas State basketball. Yeah. But I, I love Todd. I, I love, I love Todd. I think that he's, he's got a, he's got a chance. They, they love their golden boys at Florida. You know, they, how old was Billy Donovan when they hired him? Like 29? <laughs> yeah, he was young. Something like that. Something like that. And, and Mike White got it when he was, Mike White's like 42 years old and is on his second SEC job. That's crazy. Must be nice. Yeah. I need to get one of those contracts. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy. No, I, I mean, I'll go with Golden on this one, but but I think it's it's an interesting time. I mean, fit fit is fit. Oh come Sometimes, on! Someone in the chat just said Scott Drew was a recruiter, not a coach. We might have to kick guess who out. Yeah, I, we might you know, we might have, not a recruiter, not a coach. What is this? 2012. Are we doing this again? <laughs> Come on, man. We we live in an all or nothing world. You How about know, we that? Live, we live in an all or nothing world. When Mick Cronin, here's the thing, nobody thought Mick Cronin fit Los Angeles, and for whatever, mm. Mick Cronin's been perfect for UCLA. Point. Like sometimes, sometimes when you're the perfect fit, it actually ends up backfiring. Like you're 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 perceived to be such a great fit that you kind of keep the program where they once were. We're looking at, at, like, the way I define this, do you elevate? Do you elevate? You, you might fit, but do you elevate the program? My argument or my, my I won't even say argument because we're not arguing. We're not even disagreeing on anything. But the difference is, isn't UCLA the best job in the Pac-12? Yes. So are you telling me Florida is the best job in the SEC men's basketball? I am not no. saying that. Nobody you, would say you're that. not going to. You, nobody would say they're top. But, what, but where UCLA, they but UCLA well, had no, no, been no, a no, pit of but that's, misery. But that's that's it's relevant though. You get what I'm saying? Like from a resource standpoint and a historic standpoint, you consider that as the top job. It's like it's like turning around. It's like turning around Georgetown or elevating Georgetown. It's not overly complicated in that aspect because it's arguably one of the better jobs in the Big East. You can do that there. My point to you would be, where where does Florida rank in basketball in the SEC? Mm-hmm. Probably, probably because those are the things between that four matter, and right? six, four, four and six, six, right? Six, right, right, right around five, give or take. Right, right. And that's all I'm saying. So it's a lot easier. I I'm guess, not saying none of it's easy. Yeah, yeah. But my, you're talking about the number one on job Golden, in a conference compared to that. My take on Golden, I guess, is I see the ability to elevate Florida like Scott Drew elevated Baylor that's that's how I see it and and I don't know if that'll happen I could be dead wrong I could be dead. I, wrong. I don't think you're wrong it, it reminds me of the same thing we were talking about with Willard though because they're taking over programs that were tournament bound that were successful and they're coming in to even elevate them even more yep and that's the that's the the, the issue or the draw to you know you know are they chasing in Seton Hall are they still chasing the success that PJ Carlissimo had Right. There's always someone there that 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 went somewhere. And that's just that. Well, but that's a problem, too. It's not 1989. It's not. No, no, I, no. 
No. Like the other thing is people got to get real. Here's the thing. A fan base is never going to wholly get real with their expectations. But the fact of the matter is this. If you're thinking of your best memories back in the 1980s and that's your best memory as a program, guess what, people? There's a reason why. There's a reason why that's your best memory. And the reason is it's 2022 now. You got to look to the future. You probably have to do things differently. There are still some programs in college basketball that are very much stuck in the past. You know who you are. You got to get in the present and the future. The sport's different than what it was. Gonzaga, Baylor, UCLA, Villanova are all positioned better currently than the the so-called blue bloods. It's the truth. It's a different time in the sport. You know, you're, you're going after free agents nowadays to help yourselves in the next year. That's why, mm-hmm. like, fan bases aren't going to wait. They're not no. going to sit here and wait. You think the Florida and Maryland fans are going to sit around and say, oh, three, four years. You know, three. They expect to make the tournament next year. <laughs> and you know what? They should. You know why? You can get good in a year in this sport now. You could get really good over from one offseason to another. You could get three transfers that change your whole team. Just imagine the level of expectation at Seton Hall when uh, when Shaheen Holloway wins a national title next season. It's going to go through the roof. They'll fire him in three years when he doesn't get back. Uh, Dagan Hughes and I might be in jail. Like, literally, you <laughs> oh, guys yeah. are going to have to bail Dagan and me out of prison if that who? happens. But who? You, know what, you know what I love wait, about wait, you? Wait, got who? It wrong. You and who? I don't oh, recognize no. that name. Hang you and who? Not Dagan, Dagan. Dagan will probably. He's going to end yeah, up in jail because he's going to walk down nudity. the street of the Final Four. Let, just actually <laughs> letting his nuts hang. Ne- yeah, actually naked. just letting you know his what, nuts hang. You know what, Dagan? Dagan, I'll be nude right next to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And now we got now we got hot girls and boys video chat. Now we have. Don't worry. They're gone. Don't worry. They're gone. That means it. That's gone. It's time to, it's time yeah, to wrap go to, go, go to the yeah, cheers. Go to three cheers. cheers. Three cheers here. Randolph. Oh, I yeah, knew that was going to get hey, off the rails. My first, my first <laughs> cheers. My, my first cheers <laughs> is, uh, let's see here. Where, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go oh, with this? Man. I'm going to go with, with Ben. <laughs> Why Masri. are you going first? No, hold on. You hold on. You're, you're wrapping it up. <laughs> You're wrapping it up. What's going on here? You're the host. Well, You're wrapping well, it up. RC, you go, you cheer, you take the first right, cheers, my, RC. My, my first my first my first cheer is gonna go to Drew, Drew Timmy. Dagan, am I the only one, Dagan? I don't know what's happening anymore. I don't know. Dagan, Dagan, every time I've been hosting this show lately, Donald oh, like comes man. in out of the bullpen's like, no, 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 no. This is how it works. You two were laughing up a storm. You're going who are you cheersing, Randolph? <laughs> All right, man. I'm going with Drew Timmy, man. I thought he's been the MVP of the first weekend. I thought, you know, he had 32 and, and four, 13 and 25 and 14 first round. And in close games, they were only up two against Georgia State. And then they were down 10 against Memphis. So Drew Timmy. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheers the Maryland University, the University of Maryland basketball <laughs> program. And this is why I'm gonna cheers the University of Maryland basketball program. They they did not have a great season this year, RC. Uh, no. They were five and three when, when Mark Turgeon quit. They had just lost George Mason. They picked it up. They had a couple of victories throughout the year. Um, they actually played hard, like down the stretch of the season. Eric Ayala had a pretty good year. Uh, but the reason that I'm going to give my toes to them is uh, it's something that happened back in October. Um, on one of these streams on the DTF podcast, uh, John Fanta made a wager with me. He bet 
that he would wear a hot dog suit for a show in New Orleans if Maryland was not ranked in the top 13 at some point this season. They were. (laughs) And they they never ranked in the top 13 at any point this season. So cheers to Maryland. They, cheers to Maryland for making sure that John Fanta is going to be wearing a hot dog suit right next to Jeff Goodman, who's going to be wearing the Friar costume. That's going to be set, awesome. At the Field of 68 set, it's going to be ridiculous down there. If that. if this is how out of line we get on uh, on a Zoom call, just imagine what happens. We're all going to be in the same place. Yeah, it's going to be bad. <laughs> Deacon, who the hell is 1777 memorabilia? Hey, I don't know. Who's call asking, him out. Call him out. Ask it for me to get muted. Shut up. Who do you think you are asking me to get muted? What do you want me to get muted for? You tell me why. I want to know right now. Put it in the chat and tell me why you think I should be muted. What take oh, is wrong? Oh, man. What take is wrong? I'd like I'd like to know. Yeah, and a hot dog suit. God almighty. Uh, I'm cheers in Texas Tech. I love the fight of this team. I love that Mark Adams took the job. Back in December on our DTF podcast, I said, for all the people who were doubting it when Mark Adams got hired, sit down and eat a sandwich. And I still mean it because this guy put in the time he won at the division three level at one point, like that's where he was coaching. I love stories of guys who put in the work to get to a point like he's at. And, and Kevin O'Banner and Kevin McCuller, I thought Texas tech played like a C level game against Notre Dame. And they found a way to gut out a win. They, they still did. Where's this guy here? Who is the 1777 He said guy? you sound like his mother is what he said. <laughs> I will, yeah, I will fight chat. you. The chat, the chat <laughs> is even more out of control than this show is. I sound, oh like, your, my I sound God. like your mother. Go to bed. You want me to sound like your mom? Go straight up to your room right now and tuck yourself in. You are Make not sure you a, brush your teeth, sir. Make sure yeah. you brush your teeth. Yeah, you're not getting a warm glass of milk from me tonight, 77 memorabilia. Get your ass upstairs to bed. <laughs> Let's go. All right.